Patriots fans, it is the holiday weekend, and your New England Patriots are about to start the process of roster building. Step one, free agency. And what are the Patriots' biggest needs? We discuss that today with our resident voice of reason, the great Steve Balistrieri of PatsFans.com. I'm Mike DeBate of Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated, and you are about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. Your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings and salutations, Patriots Nation, and thank you for joining me here on this President's Day episode of the pod. Once again, I'm Mike DeBate, your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast, which of course is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, because it's your team every day, that means your questions, your comments, your feedback are always welcomed, very, very much appreciated. So share that feedback. Send it to the internet by reaching out to me and following me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there doing some Monday meddling through that Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. And of course, Patriots fans, remember, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And speaking of starting, thank you so much for starting your week off in style right here on the Locked On Patriots podcast. And although today is a holiday, we're still coming at you because the New England Patriots are about to start something as well. They're about to start the process of 2022 roster building. And folks, there is a lot involved with roster building. It starts with the coaching staff, and the Patriots right now are still sifting through the rubble of trying to replace Josh McDaniels, Bo Hardigree, Carmen Brasillo, and of course, Mick Lombardi. All four of those coaches joining the staff of the Las Vegas Raiders, which, of course, Josh McDaniels at the helm. The New England Patriots may also have to replace legendary running backs coach Ivan Fears. A lot of information coming out now that says that he is probably days, if not weeks at maximum away from announcing his retirement. Patriots have a lot to do in terms of building a coaching staff, but they're soon approaching that time where they have to start building a roster. And free agency is about to begin in just a few short weeks. What are the Patriots' biggest needs on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball? Well, again, even though today is a holiday, I am still joined by our resident voice of reason, Steve Balistrieri of PatsFans.com. Steve and I actually sat down on Friday for this episode, but as you know, anyone who's heard Steve on these airwaves or any of the great podcasts that he does on a regular basis knows that when Steve talks, you sit and listen, and you'll definitely want to hear what he has to say today. We will be discussing the Patriots' biggest needs on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, and Steve will lend his wisdom and counsel the way only he can. So settle in, folks, and prepare to absorb the wisdom and counsel of Steve Balistrieri of PatsFans.com when this Monday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. And, of course, thank you so much once again for making Locked On Patriots your first listen every day. In addition, make sure that you are following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes free and available wherever you get your podcasts. 
Locked On listeners, it is the new year, so you know what that means. That's right, New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure that you include Built Bar into your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Folks, I can tell you from personal experience, they've replaced all the candy in my household. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, Built Bar makes it enjoyable to eat healthy. Here's an idea for the new year. Since this is the new year and it's time for out with the old, in with the new, go to all those secret treat stashes you've got laying around from the holidays, either at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream mint brownie, so many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This call is being recorded. Patriots fans, once again, we talk about your New England Patriots and building for the future. The 2021 season, definitely behind all of us, and 2022 is on the horizon. A big part of building a roster is maintaining your own internal talent, and the Patriots have a long list of free agents heading into 2022. Some of the big names on the roster as well, such as Devin McCourty, Trent Brown, who's big not only in stature, but also in recognition on this team as well. Dante Hightower, J.C. Jackson, Matthew Slater. I'm just scratching the surface when it comes to New England Patriots that are up for free agency re-signing. You need a level-headed approach to free agency in order to master it. And luckily for us here today, we close the week in style with our resident voice of reason. And it is my true honor to welcome this man back to his rightful place in a weekly slot here on Locked On Patriots, one of the best, most knowledgeable and well-respected columnists that you'll find anywhere in Patriots media. You know his great work from PatsFans.com, as well as being the co-host of not just one, but two great Patriots podcasts, Patriots 4th and 2, alongside Russ Goldman and Derek Havens, and of course, one Patriots place with our good friend, the legendary Thomas Murphy, and the, re- the resident lady of Locked On now, Claire Classy, Claire <laughs> Cooper. It is my esteemed honor to welcome back to the pod, my Patriots paisan, Steve Balistrieri. Steve, welcome back to Locked On Patriots. Always an honor to talk ball with you, and it feels good to share the microphone again. Yes, it's it's been a little bit. I know uh, we've both been pretty uh, busy in terms of getting pulled in different directions, so I'm glad we're able to hook back up. I miss talking football with you, my friend. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, since the last time we shared the microphone here on Locked On Patriots, uh, there's been some stuff that's gone down the pike. Uh, we've had <laughs> numerous difficulties, uh, you know, with uh, the New England Patriots and uh, their, uh, you know, issues with uh, an early exit from the playoffs and some coaching poaching going on in Las Vegas. And Josh McDaniels no longer a coach on this staff. Uh, he's taken Bo Hardegree, he's taken Carmen Brasillo, he's taken Mick Lombardi, a lot of departures on the New England Patriots side of the ball, Joe Judge coming in, 
he'll be on the offensive side of the ball coaching with alongside Bill Belichick. And there's just, there's so much going on with the New England Patriots right now. And everybody is getting excited about free agency about to begin the draft coming in a couple of months. Um, all of the roster building activities that go into being able to put a team on the field in 2022 and Pats are coming off of a 10 and seven season. Uh, they got back to the playoffs. So the expectations of Patriots fans are going to be higher this year going into the season than they were after finishing seven and nine just one year ago. Steve, free agency is the closest uh, milestone right now for the New England Patriots in terms of building a roster. Yes, I know the draft combine is coming up in a couple of weeks, and that will get people's eyes on the draft. But ultimately, when you start to see how this roster is going to look, free agency is really the first shoe to drop. March 14th becomes the first day. Uh, that legal tampering can begin. And then, of course, the 16th begins the signing period and the floodgates will open at that time. But we'll start on the defensive side of the ball because the Patriots have a who's who of defensive players uh, that are up for re-signing, that are scheduled to be unrestricted free agents. Uh, we start with one of the captains, one of the stalwarts on this team, and that is Devin McCourty. Uh, he's up for re-signing. Um, Dante Hightower, another team captain, uh, another longtime Patriot, well-respected Patriot. Um, you look also on the, uh, the defensive side of the ball, Jamie Collins um, is also up for, uh, uh, for re-signing. Juwan Bentley is someone that the Patriots will have to make a decision on as well. Um, and of course, conspicuous by his absence, we'll start here because I think arguably this is the biggest free agent decision that the Patriots have to make, and that's J.C. Jackson. Um, rumors are going around. Our good friend, our mutual friend, Evan Lazar, reported on Friday morning that he believes the Patriots are looking to slap the franchise tag on JC. And that's going to be interesting uh, because usually players don't like the franchise tag slapped on them. Uh, it usually indicates that either there better be a big time contract coming uh, within that year. Uh, and if it's not, it can really lead to some acrimonious splits. Uh, we've seen that in the past with the New England Patriots and some of the players that they've used the tag on, which is one of the big reasons why they don't use it that often. First of all, Steve, your thoughts on J.C. Jackson. Is this the player that the Patriots should be investing in? Do you agree with maybe them using the tag on it? What are your overall thoughts on J.C. and what the Patriots should do with him in free agency? Well, I think, uh, one, you know, the, the biggest question that you have to ask, is he worth it? And I think the answer to that is a resounding yes. Even though he's a uh, undrafted free agent, another one of those undrafted guys that Bill seems to pluck out of, uh, you know, nowhere every year. Um, he's worked himself into a big money contract. Um, I think, you know, other than Stefan Diggs, I think he's proved himself to be quite worthy of that, of being a true shutdown corner. I think, I think the only guy he has trouble with, you know, consistently is Diggs. So, um, you know, I, is he worth it? Absolutely. I think he's, you know, he's that cornerback that the Patriots need to play the style of defense that they like. You know, they played a lot more zone last year, and I think that that kind of hurt them down the stretch because this isn't really a zone type of defense. It's more of a man coverage defense. And I think by slapping the franchise tag on them, which I fully expect them to do. 
I, I think it's just in, uh, you know, a ploy for them to buy some time because I think they do want to keep him long-term, you know, but uh, they're going to need time to come to some sort of agreement. But the last thing they want is for him to hit free agency in March because people are going to be throwing a lot of zeros in his direction and they won't be able to match that, especially with their salary cap situation. Yeah, I agree with that. And look, in a lot of ways, I know Patriots fans are going to see this and they're going to say, oh, well, that's great. You know, you slap the franchise tag on them and then you've got another year. Uh, I agree with you. I think JC is one of those players that is definitely worth the investment and worth, um, you know, the, uh, the, the capital that it's going to take, not just financially, but also on the roster to keep a number one corner in that role. Well, JC Jackson is someone that has proven that he can hang with some of the best receivers in the league. I know there are some issues with Stefan Diggs and covering him. And that's the first thing that his detractors are going to point to. Oh, did you see? Did you see who, you know, trying to cover? Look, it's not an easy task covering Stefan Diggs, folks. I, I assure you, uh, you know, even for the best of corners, he's made a lot of cornerbacks look silly, not just, um, you know, Chasey Jackson. And and I thought, I think JC has made um, good strides in being able to cover him. He's gotten a little bit better as the course of the years have gone on and being able to cover someone of that ilk. But look at Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl. I mean, Jalen had arguably the best shutdown corner season in the league this year. And he was, you know, really, I think in a lot of ways, I don't want to say exposed because I still have a great amount of respect for Jalen Ramsey and the way he plays. But at the same time, he looked like a a player that struggles, you know, covering some pretty extensively talented uh, wide receivers. And as a result of that, um, anybody and anyone uh, in that position can be made to look silly in certain situations if they're facing a very good offense. So to me, JC is as good as anyone in this league at being a ball hawking type of receiver. Yeah, there's some coverage issues that he needs to work on, but he's still very much young enough to be able to work through those and yeah, it's going to take a lot for the Patriots to invest. They're going to have to open up the checkbook. Uh, they're going to have to maybe even back up the Brinks truck a little bit to keep this guy in the fold. But when you look at the teams that are successful, they have top level corners uh, that are there. And it's such an important part of the way the Patriots play defense. Maybe I guess some people may point to the Bucks a couple of years ago and say, well, they didn't have a top, top level corner, but they had a good secondary that was able to complement that front seven. The Patriots, the way they play, especially with trying to send the second and third level to do a lot of the coverage, uh, you need that number one corner to be able to uh, uh, to be effective. And every time they've been effective, they've had a top level guy at that position, whether it be Ty Law, whether it be Asante Samuel, whether it be Darrell Revis, whether it be Stephon Gilmore, they always had that guy at the top of the rotation that could play uh, at an elite level. And that's something that I think the New England Patriots would love to continue with a guy like J.C. Jackson. So they do slap him with the franchise tag. Could be interesting. Um, but J.C. is not the only defensive player that I mentioned, not the only defensive player that's up for re-signing that is going to be a free agent in just a couple of weeks' time. I mentioned Devin McCourty. Obviously, that's one to keep an eye on. Dante Hightower as well. Uh, but there are some others on this team that will be hitting the open market. And it's going to create some difficulty for the New England Patriots to be able to bring all of these guys back in. Jamie Collins, uh, obviously, uh, you know, we mentioned Hightower at the, uh, uh, the linebacker position. Juwan Bentley, three players in the linebacking core that 
dare I say, Steve, the linebacking core looked a little bit slow at the end of the year. They looked a little gassed. They looked like they need to infuse some speed, maybe a little bit more athleticism into that position. If you're the New England Patriots, you're Bill Belichick, you're Matt Groh, you're the guys that are sitting down determining who's going to be a part of this team next season. Are any of these guys priority one for you? And which of the players, dare I say, you might be willing to say, it's been real, but we're moving on and we're going to go in a different direction. Who do you see coming back? Who do you see possibly walking among that group? Yeah, it, it, it is a tough decision. And I, I'm kind of, you know, when I, I'm looking at this, it's kind of going back to that 2010, 2011 time frame when, you know, they, they had established really good football players that were starting to get a little long in the tooth. And, you know, we saw Bill clean house on that defense at that time. Uh, you know, they went through some growing pains, obviously, but I think they're, they're kind of in that same situation now. I, you know, I think Jamie Collins is gone. I think that's, uh, he's, um, I think he's going to go into free agency and get a one year prove a deal from somebody, but probably a lot more money than the Patriots would be willing to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll try to bring back Juwan Bentley, and I think they'll be able to do that because, you know, linebackers his size really aren't coveted by a lot of football teams. But I think that, you know, it's going to be a difficult decision, but I think Dr. Hightower will not be coming back. I thought, you know, he had that year off, and, you know, it took him a long time to get back into, you know, the, the kind of, football shape that we were used to seeing. And then, then I, I thought he faded down the stretch and, you know, you talk about, they need to get uh, more athletic. They need to get faster. Um, you know, and Hightower's always been a playmaker, but he really wasn't that guy this year. And I hate to say it because I love him as a football player. Mm. I thought he had a tremendous career here, but at the same time, I, I think, you know, if he's willing to come back on really short money, I think they'll let him compete in training camp, but I don't see them making a big effort to bring him back. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I agree with you. I don't see them making a big effort to bring him back. And look, I mean, the question beckons, there were a lot of rumors surrounding Dante's retirement in the off season last year, right up until training camp. And I know we all had our fun at the expense of some of the reports that were going on out there and things of that nature. Uh, you know, Dante's wife even chimed in on the uh, uh, the brigade and basically, you know, kind of uh, uh, put to rest some of those rumors. But you have to wonder if at this point in his career and at this point in his life where Dante may look at it and say, you know what? I've kind of done everything that I think I'm going to be able to do on a football field. Is the desire still there? Is the flesh still willing uh, to be able to, uh, you know, to do what he can do? The spirit may be willing, but the flesh may not be, you know, uh, strong enough uh, at this point to, uh, to, to, you know, live up to the challenge. And look, nobody is going to question what Dante Hightower has done on a football field here in New England. He's been a tremendous player for this organization. Uh, I've, gone on record several times as several of our colleagues in the media here in Boston. I'm certainly not unique to this opinion, but they don't win Super Bowl 51 without Dante Hightower and without his heads up plays and being able to direct that defense at a time where they needed defensive stops in addition to the offensive plays that were being made by Tom Brady in that offense. So 
when you look at Dante, it's difficult to think of a New England Patriots defense without him. But just go a couple of years ago into 2020, and the Pats defense did play an entire year without Dante. And I think it, this regard, I think that proved to the Patriots in a lot of ways that some of these guys may not be in, as indelible as some of the fan base might think. I agree with you. I think Dante has played his final down here in New England, whether it be because of retirement and he chooses to to move on, or maybe there's still a competitive fire within him and maybe he can still latch on to a team. I think he's capable of playing in the league. I'm not looking at him and saying, oh, he's done. There's no capability that he has in terms of making a contribution to any team. Certainly not. Dante could go to several teams throughout the league right now and be a big time contributor, but you have to wonder if the Patriots with all of, uh, you know, the uh, the re-signing that, uh, that they need to do, uh, that he would be, uh, um, you know, brought back in. Uh, Steve, before we transition over and talk about the offensive side of the ball, amazingly, we haven't even done that yet. Um, obviously, the big name on defense that we haven't really mentioned yet is Devin McCourty. Uh, and Devin has given indications that he would like to play again. Uh, there seems to be uh, an understanding throughout the media, throughout both sides, a lot of the stuff that's been out there that these two sides will eventually come together and work something out, even if it's on a year-to-year basis. Is there a scenario that you can envision where Devin McCourty comes back to play in the league this year, but it's not for the Patriots? Um, Well, I think there's always that possibility, but I think he comes back. I I do. I mean, you know, uh, it seemed like he was making some noise in the middle of the maybe mid, mid to late uh, season that he might retire. But at the same time, um, you know, you, you mentioned just a, a few moments ago that he's, uh, he's also – he had surgery, which kind of tells you he wants to play again, and he's making the noise that he wants to come back for at least one more year. And he played 95% of the defensive snaps last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he can still bring it. His knowledge of the defense, especially back there in the secondary, is unquestioned. I think he can still play at a very high level. And, you know, they're they're grooming some younger guys, and they have some other guys already on the roster where maybe they won't need him to play that many snaps next year. You know, they can start grooming his replacement. Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point. And um, speaking to someone close to the organization, who again, you know, sources, you know, reveal names, and I won't do that. But speaking to someone close to the organization toward the end of the season, and Devin McCourty's name came up. And obviously, you know, Devin is so well revered throughout that locker room, throughout that organization. Uh, One of Bill Belichick's truly, you know, favorite guys, I think, that he's ever uh, coached uh, in terms of that. I think Devin McCourty would be on that list that he would submit of guys that he was so honored uh, and so privileged to have uh, uh, coached, not just because of his on-field prowess, but everything he brings to the table, just the leadership in the locker room, uh, the savvy of knowing uh, the game and being able to direct traffic is something that's that's so big. And the directing traffic uh, analogy actually came up. And, you know, if if in fact the Patriots were not going to bring back Dante Hightower or they were going to, you know, forego that middle of the field traffic director, that play director, that play caller, uh, the guy that really sets the tone uh, and Dante has done that so well, Devin has really taken on that role in Dante's absence. Uh, you know, they tried to give it to Bentley last year in 2022 and 2020, excuse me. Um, and he 
unfortunately it was a little bit too much for him. Devin had to assume that in 2020 and continued to do so in 2021. He still has the ability to do that in 2022. And the analogy came up, well, if you need someone to direct traffic back there, people can say all they want to that the guy that's directing traffic is always causing more problems or, oh, he might be a little bit slow on the exchange, but trust me, without a traffic director, the traffic would not move. Uh, you'd probably have some sort of traffic accident and everybody would be stalled. <laughs> so when you bring back someone like a Devin McCourty, especially if they're choosing to move on from a high tower because they want to get a little younger and a little more athletic at the linebacker position, to me, re-signing a guy like Devin McCourty is essential. You need that voice and you need that presence in the locker room to be able to bring this team together. So in a lot of ways, I do agree with you. I think the Patriots look at Devin and they're going to work something out. Uh, I, I do see that happening a little bit more than I see, uh, you know, Dante coming back. Um, Juwan Bentley, I think there's a chance they do bring him back because of his youth and his ability to play that type of position. And yeah, I think Jamie Collins is probably uh, his one year uh, that the Patriots brought him back for is probably eclipsed. Uh, there's a, a scenario that can be worked out and you know there would be like for you know minimal money but you have to think that uh, uh jamie's um uh, just his his reputation alone would warrant a contract for a little bit bigger than what the Patriots had him playing on this year, which was just under $1.1 million. Uh, you have to think that uh, he'll probably command at least a one-year deal worth that or a little bit more um, on the open market this year. So lots of decisions to be made for the New England Patriots on the defensive side of the ball. But folks, we haven't even gotten to offense yet. Some big names on offense for the New England Patriots that played here in 2021 no guarantee that they'll be here in 2022. When we return, Steve and I will talk Trent Brown, Ted Karras, James White, Brandon Bolden, and a whole host of others when this weekend episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Patriots fans, there might be less football that's being played right now, but BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. Patriots podcast continues. Patriots fans, the great Steve Balistrieri, my Patriots Paisan, joins me here on this weekend episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast, talking Pat's free agency, who stays, who goes, uh, Steve, we're kind of playing, uh, you know, a little, uh, little uh, pseudo GM uh, over the weekend, and I think it's it's fun to do this. It's fun to kind of look at players and plug them in here and there. Uh, I assure you, when you actually have to make these decisions in the front office, it's a lot different. Uh, the Patriots faced some very tough decisions, and a lot of great guys that are on this list. Uh, some of which will be back, and some of which won't. We talked a lot about the defensive side of the ball, but let's transition now to the offensive side of the ball. And the big name on offense, uh, both literally and figuratively, is one Trent Brown. Uh, Trent played this year on a Patriots contract and a deal worth $9 million. Um, 
and that was his 2021 uh, average annual value. Um, if you look at what Trent brings to the table and the stability that he provides to this offensive line, especially for a young quarterback like Mac Jones, you would have to think that if there's one guy on the offensive side of the ball that is an unrestricted free agent that the Patriots would want to prioritize, it probably would be Trent Brown. But offensive linemen are always at a premium. The money that he's going to be offered on the open market is probably going to be extensive. The Patriots have to weigh whether or not signing Trent to a monster contract would be worth bringing back a monster lineman. Um, Stephen, your opinion, we've both seen Trent Brown. Steve and I have both seen Trent Brown. Trent Brown is the only man I've ever known that makes my good friend on the other end of the microphone look small by comparison. There aren't too many guys that are able to do that, but Trent does it because he is truly a monster of a man. Steve, what are your thoughts on Trent Brown? Is he an absolute must for the Patriots to try to resign, or is there a cap that they won't go over in order to bring back his services? Well, I, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned it. I mean, I felt like a Smurf when standing next to him down there at training camp. I was like, oh, my, this is the biggest human being I think I've ever seen. <laughs> but, yeah, he is he is one large person. And that's why I think they, they want to bring him back. I, mm-hmm. I, I think they really like him. You know, last year didn't work out. I mean, he got hurt. I think it was the first series of the first game, and then we didn't see him until, like, week 10. But then when he did come back, I mean, he's a road grader in the run game, and I, he's a very good pass protect, you know, uh, protector. So I, I do think they're going to try to bring him back. Honestly, I think, you know, when we're looking at the grand scheme of things, I think they would like to have Trent Brown as well as Michael Owenu play and tackle. I, yeah. I I know they picked up Isaiah Wynn's, uh, you know, 50-year option. I wouldn't be surprised if he's trade bait. Mm. Um, but, you know, that that's a story for another time. We can talk about that. I really think they're going to try to bring him back, though. Um, I think they like what he does. He's only 28 years old. I You know, we kind of think of him as an older guy. But he's only 28. He's still a young man. So I think, you know, when he's on the field, he gives them a dimension that they don't have otherwise. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, he definitely gives them a new dimension. And you saw the difference in the Patriots offensive line when Trent Brown was back in the lineup. All of a sudden, those difficulties that Mac Jones was having and picking up blitzes on the second and third level started to get a little bit better. And I know Dean Pease did a great job with uh, the Atlanta Falcons of doing this with Mac, giving him those issues. And then some of the other teams that they played down the stretch, like Buffalo and Indianapolis, really come to mind of teams that were able to do that and give Mac Jones some difficulties. But Trent is such an important part of being on that alert uh, that you would need from a tackle. If, in fact, they do move away from Isaiah Wynn, and this is something that I know a lot of people have talked about. I'm actually writing about this for Sports Illustrated, and we'll have a piece on this over the weekend, folks, so be sure to check that out. If, in fact, the Patriots do move on from uh, Isaiah Wynn, they would lose approximately $705,000 in cap space. This according to our good friend, the cap guru, the only source that you'll need for cap information, folks, our good friend Miguel Benzon, the Pats cap, um, also indicates that they would gain about nine, a little over $9.7 million in cap space if they were to trade Isaiah Wynn. So when you say, Steve, trade bait, 
that could be what the Patriots are looking at right now. Isaiah still has the ability, I think, to be a good lineman here, but there are some issues where you look at maybe the Patriots feel they could use that money better elsewhere and they could free up some, uh, you know, some coin by trading him. Uh, maybe they feel that the combination of Trent Brown and Michael Wayne, as the tackles is really the way to go. What a tremendous, uh, uh, you know, bookends. Those two are you, <laughs> that really is, that's a formidable offensive line folks, just sheer size. Uh, we haven't even gotten into their athletic prowess or how they're able to play the position, but those are two big dudes. Uh, there's no question about it. So the Patriots would definitely have the size wise covered when it comes to their offensive line but if they choose to invest maybe in a Ted Karras to bring him back and you know put him in a swing role or have him continue to be on the offensive line that could be an option for the Pats as well but I agree with you I think Trent Brown is I won't say a, a an indelible priority because I don't think the Patriots view many of their players if anybody that's up for free agency this year as an indelible priority, but you have to think that in addition to JC Jackson, he's probably one of the more important guys that they're looking at. And I know they'd love to be able to uh, retain his services. It's going to depend on money as it always does, but I also think there's mutual interest there as well. Trent really loves playing here. Uh, you could hear it in his voice when he came back last year and you heard him during training camp and just the, uh, uh, the enthusiasm that he has playing for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots is something that I think could work to their advantage as well. So we'll continue to monitor it and see it, but uh, Trent is definitely priority one on offense. Steve, before I let you go today, there are a couple of um, offensive players that I think are going to catch the sharp eye of a lot of New England Patriots fans, and they're both running backs. Uh, this is a position that Patriots fans don't really see as a necessity or as an immediate need, but when you look at the team, I think this may be one of the more intriguing positions as they look to build a roster, and that's at running back, particularly the third down running back role, the back that can catch out of the backfield and be that third down option. Both of the guys that can do that as well as anyone are the two guys that are up for free agency this year, James White, Brandon Bolden. Um, putting the affection that we all have for Brandon aside because of our good friend Murph, and we always do, we're always going to humor him. Um, there are decisions to be made on both of these players. James obviously coming off of a, a difficult injury. Uh, you have to wonder, subluxation of the hip, is he going to be the same player with the same type of burst? Probably not. Um, the years are starting to work less in his favor than they are for his favor. Uh, Brandon had a tremendous season, uh, really proving that I think he can be a very good option for this team. But does that put him on the map of other teams now where they're willing to offer more than what the Patriots might be willing to offer? Your gut reaction, Steve, do the Patriots bring one of these guys back? Do they bring both back? Do they bring neither one? And if that's the case, where do you see them going to try to fill this role, which is so important for a Patriots offense? Yeah, I, I do believe they bring Bolden back because, I mean, you know, we've written his uh, player obituary so many times, and, you know, it seems like he, he keeps proving everyone wrong. And the fact of the matter is he's so valuable because he's kind of or Mr. Fix-It, I guess, you know, he plays special teams. He's a core special teams guy. He filled in, uh, you know, uh, as the third down back last year. I think he can still do that and still play his special teams role. Um, James White, I'm not so sure of because, you know, that hip injury, that 
that really messes with a lot of players' mobility. I think, you know, they'll have to take a hard look at that. I mean, we all love James White here. And, again, this might be one of those really tough decisions to make. But I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to uh, to let James go and try to draft, you know, maybe in the mid to late rounds, which there's plenty of uh, good guys available out there. You know, the third down pass catching back. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do agree with you on Bolden. I do think that the New England Patriots look to bring him back. I think that he can be uh, a player that not only is so important in terms of player development, but look, this is a guy that knows the system and he can do it all. He's such a valuable contributor on in the running game. We saw him be a, a good contributor in the running game this year. He can catch the ball out of the backfield and go to bat, uh, for big yardage. Mac Jones' face lit up every time you asked him about Brandon Bolden this year in um, you know some of his press conferences, and there's a reason for that. Go back and look at some of the film uh, and the synergy that these two guys developed. Brandon really helped Mac to feel secure whenever he needed someone to get a catch or to get a big-time yard. More often than not, he looked at Brandon Bolden. I know he looked at guys like Jacoby Myers, and he looked at guys like Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne, and they really developed that good relationship. But he was not afraid to go to Brandon in moments like that. And I think that really says a lot about who he is and how he's going to uh, to progress uh, from here on in. And I think he can definitely be uh, uh, someone that the Patriots can lean on. James White is truly one of my favorite guys that I've ever covered here in New England, just one of the, the true great men in this business and uh it would be a painful thing for the patriots to move on from him from my perspective anyway and a lot of patriots fans who just have gained so much affection over the years for james and you can't blame them for that but again this is a business and coming off of a serious injury like the one that he's coming off of you have to wonder whether james is is looking to come back himself i mean i know he said before that, you know, he doesn't want to go out like that and he wants to be able to leave the field on his own terms. But you have to wonder how many teams are going to be willing to, uh, uh, you know, to, to shell out uh, for, uh, you know, for his services until they see what he can do on the field. So there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to James. Uh, I think there's a shot that the Patriots bring him back, but it would have to be at a very low prove it deal. And maybe another team decides that, you know, James White's prowess and his reputation is worth a little bit more than that if that's the case then i do see him moving on and uh as for the draft i think you're right i think they will look for guys that are you know looking to uh, to be that third down back uh somebody that uh, uh that i had my eye on in the uh, um in the senior bowl was Rashawn white uh, and i thought that uh you know coming out of arizona state um he had 52 yards in that game that led all players uh you know someone that i think can really fill that role well, not only his ability to make a play as a runner, but also make a play as a pass catcher. And, uh, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, 29 yards and seven carries in the first half in a game that is not designed to put up gaudy stats is something that uh, to keep an eye on. So maybe he's one of the guys the Patriots look at. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there right now. But uh, I, I liked, uh, you know, watching him and I think he could fill that role uh, pretty well. But We'll continue to break down all of what the New England Patriots might do in free agency in the draft right here on Locked On Patriots. And this great man will, uh, you know, join me for that ride each and every week. And Steve, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out to join me today. Talk a little bit of ball. Give your wisdom and counsel as only you can. And again, you're spot on and you nailed it as always, my friend. 
before I let you go today, please let all of our listeners know where they can find you, where they can continue to absorb your great work, and what you have coming in the horizon from the great pen and the great voice of Steve Ballastrand. Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, all those fine compliments. Uh, I, I need to put you on the PR team for me. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's all I, well I deserved. I really appreciate it, my friend. I, I really do. And you can find me on Twitter at SteveB7SFG. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, you know, all, uh, LinkedIn, all that stuff under Steve Balsher. I write for PatsFans.com, as you mentioned. We do the podcast there, Patriots 4th and 2. We also do, uh, for E2G Sports, the uh, uh, One Patriot Place podcast with Claire and Murph. And, uh, you know, you can always find me on social media if you're into, you know, national security or uh, military affairs. uh, I'm a national security columnist for 1945.com. So absolutely busy these days, too. Absolutely. And and by all means, folks, it goes so much deeper than football, which Steve is truly one of the best NFL and Patriots related columnists you'll find anywhere. If it's something he's put pen to paper on or voice to microphone on, you can take it to the bank. It's spot on. And his analysis is second to none. But the work that he provides for the U.S. military and some of the research and whatnot, some of my favorite pieces, uh, some of my favorite things to read. Uh, I'm a military history buff myself and reading a lot about what Steve provides and the information he's able to provide from not only firsthand experience, but also getting a chance to be around some of the great brave men and women that have defended our country for years, uh, even going back before both of our time. Uh, it, it's truly amazing. Uh, so please, I encourage you to check that out. It's always great reads. And um, what can I say, bud? It's always a blast uh, when my Patriots Bison joins me here. We look forward to doing this again next week. We look forward to talking ball with you, bud. But in the meantime, please stay safe, stay well. And uh, we'll see you next week, my friend. Thanks for having me, man. Just like that, Patriots fans, we're already one day through your work week. And the work week technically hasn't even begun yet. But there is still a ton of coverage to come, including Locked On Patriots going live this Thursday, February 24th. Locked On Patriots goes live on YouTube. And you did hear me correctly last week, folks. Tuesday the 22nd was supposed to be the launch date, just taking a couple of extra days to work out some of the technical kinks, so Thursday the 24th, we can come at you live and visual, so be sure to mark your calendars. And now that you've made Locked On Patriots your first listen today, don't forget to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Brian Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects as well as NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend Steve Balistrieri for his time, his insight, and his appearance on today's pod. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until tomorrow, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.